Hello, I am Brian Foster and welcome to my vlog today. It's going to be exciting. This is the effect of war on earth in the spirit realm. Now we all know what the spirit realm does affects us, but again, we also affect the spirit realm. Before I start, please subscribe to this channel, hit the bell, hit the like button, give me a comment. And I if you have, and if you have a comment while I'm doing this live streaming, uh, let me know if it's if it's pertinent. I will show it and I'll try to answer it as I get to it. Also, we are live streaming on this vlog every Sunday and Tuesday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, United States. So anyone around the world, please join us and listen to our blogs about spiritism. So war and the spirit realm. This is very interesting. We're going to talk about the micro level and the macro level, nations and individual soldiers. And this all starts, of course, from the book Gone West. Now, there's other books. In fact, let me leave with a different book. In the book, the great, wonderful book, No Solar, psychographed by the wonderful Brazilian medium, Chico Xavier, it also was made into a movie called Astral City. It's in Portuguese, but with English subtitles. I strongly recommend it. But you can also find it at No Solar in uh, your bookstore. And in that book, they talked about, and this book was, I think, published, oh, 1941, 42. And in the book they talked about, they had to get volunteers to help bring all these people that were coming from the earth plane into, you know, newly dying because they needed more help than usual because so many people were passing over. And they actually had this set of spirits go and visit a battle scene. And it never said exactly where it was, but... The book was like finished in 1939. So it seemed like they were talking about the Blitzkrieg during the war as the Germans attacked Poland, where they talked about planes coming in, bombing bombing sites, not just because they were militarily important, but just the, the sole panic and fear amongst people and machine guns and all the weapons of war. And these the spirits were like, oh my heavens, this is this is horrible what what these humans are doing to each other. And and yet, and so it, it just showed them. And of course, they had to get volunteers to help people up. And it was very interesting part of the book. That part of the book's not in the movie, but it is in the book. But the movie is great. I've never seen a movie that get the mood of the book better than the book, uh, than the movie No Solar. So let's get to the influence of the war cloud. This is in the book Gone of the West. And this is uh, our wonderful author. And he goes and he reaches in his vision. This was in, on July 24th, 1914. So or World War I was just on the horizon. And so I'll quote from the book. On reaching the college in which HJL lived, I asked him, boss, do you think the storm cloud, which has arisen in Europe, will lead to war? Things to be begin to look rather black. And then the spirit HJL, which is his father-in-law, I'm afraid it will. Of course, I'm not closely in touch with the earth plane, but here men are saying that the astral plane is in a state of absolute chaos. All the evil spirits are crowding up there and are doing their best to precipitate war. Here we are beyond all that turmoil, but we are filled with strange forebodings. The next few days will, I think, decide it, but I have never made any pretensions to prophetic 
powers. Our work is drawing rapidly to its close, and it is well, for if there is war, our little band of workers will certainly be dispersed. They will have different work to do. And you are not well yourself, I can see, unless you are better by next week. It would be as well for you not to make any attempt to come here till you are all right again. When in sound health, these excursions into the unknown can do you no harm. But when ill, you need all the vitality to fight the disease. In any case, you will not be able to do any automatic writing during the month you are lecturing at Cambridge. So then he goes on to say, the, uh, he's talking about the officer, which I will get into later. He says, the officer is in a very exciting condition owing to the war cloud. He longs to be able to rejoin his own regiment. But several spirits have taken him in hand or trying to calm him. We don't want all our good work flung away. And in that way, he can do no good. There is the field of activity open to him, which we shall point out in due course. Just now, however, he's like a tiger that has scented blood. Now, the officer, as we'll get into in subsequent programs, is a is a English officer who died and went down all the way into the lower the lower bottoms of purgatory. And he's just a very interesting, and I'll get into that later uh, in subsequent programs, as I said. But now he's he's talking to our wonderful author, and he's telling him all about what happened. But of course. He's, he's just now gone into like the first levels, either the higher levels of the lower zone, the first levels of heaven, probably the higher levels of the lower zone. And the mood is affecting him. And of course that, and the books and spirits, and the spiritist literature tells us that spirits on the lower levels of heaven and, the high, and, and in the lower zone are affected by the, by the collective mood of earth. And but as you go higher and higher in this in this in heaven, you you lose that you don't you're not so affected. But the lower spirits are very connected still to earth, and that mood affects them too, just as as a collective uh, message from the spirits down to the earth will also affect us here in our physical format. So. So he's talking about they actually are feeling the ongoing of World War One. So then he goes. Now, then he goes back on September 5th, 1914. He goes, we must get on with the work as quickly as we can. The time loss owing to your illness is to be regretted, but, had, but it has at any rate enabled some little order to be restored in the astral plane but the latter is still in a most chaotic stake, and its reaction is beginning to be felt even in our plane. Of course, the majority of the men who are passing over are young men and go first to the astral plane. Huge crowds of spirits are pour pouring over, most of them still convulsed with hate, nearly all having died a violent death, and you can easily imagine the condition there. Many indeed do not even realize they are dead but ascribe their changed condition to some wound which has temporarily clouded their brain. The chief way, however, in which this affects the spirit plane is that a great call has gone forth for more enlightened spirits to come to the aid of the newcomers. Exactly what happened in No Solar. They had a call. We need help. This so, And this was World War II. And then this, of course, is from World War I. So you can see the messages of the spirit world, not even just not from spiritist literature, but from other 
Other people with visions of the spirit world are giving us the same thing. The spirit world is involved. Now, let me also go off on another tangent. When he's talking about, you know, they died and they still want to fight. There was this, this wonderful uh, mediums meeting they had, and it was in one of the, one of the uh, magazines put forth, created by Alan Kardec in 1850s. He codified spiritism. And they had this officer, and it was in one of the French-Italian uh, wars uh, way back in, during that time period. And they asked him, you know, what went on? And they, he said that, that amazingly, and this is like there was cannon fire and gunfire. There wasn't really machine guns back then, but there was lots of weapons. And he said that everyone who was destined to die, died. Now think of that. There's cannon fire. There's bullets going, which we think are random bullets. And yet they hit the person they should have hit. He also said that when someone got hit and died very quickly, they still thought they were alive and they were actually the dead on both sides were fighting each other. Of course, they couldn't hurt each other. They could, you know, so on, you know, they could try. Uh, and of course, they people would think they got hurt if they got stabbed or something like that, but then they wouldn't die and they wouldn't bleed. But of course, they believe that. So think about that for a second. You have all these bullets this massive amount of metal flying back and forth. And yet the only people that were hit are the people that should have been hit. Interesting, is it not? This shows you amazingly how much control the spirit world has over what we do here on Earth. And in fact, World War I and then in World War II, as stated later in a, in a later book, um, on the path to the, on the road to the light, by the spirit of Manuel said that these wars were created to completely take away the power of Europe, right? Europe has paid for their colonial past and they're just completely going to destroy the, the military power of Europe. There will never be a power again is what he said in essence. I don't know about never, but it won't be a power for a long, long time, maybe never. Hopefully by then will be a plan of regeneration and no one cares about war, power, or armies. So everything is done for a reason. Now let's get back. I'll quote, the chief way, however, in which it affects the spirit plane, a great call has gone forth. I said that. And at present, most of the helpers come from the two higher divisions of the spirit plane, but it's certain that some will go from our division also. As yet, I am hardly fitted for such work. But when the call comes for me, I shall answer it, though I cannot pretend I'm looking forward to the turmoil of the astral plane after the peace and, peace and quiet I have enjoyed here. But enough of this subject. We must push on with the book, which I trust you will make ever, every effort to get published. Not immediately, of course. That's impossible. And so then they ended. And then so, so I, I want to talk about this. And there's another about the soldiers. In fact, there's even a note in this book that uh, the author of this book, he told him that his brother had died and been killed in action already. And he said he went down and helped him and he's been with them off and on ever since. So, I mean, so his spirit told him before he got the official notice, the telegram, however they did that in World War I in England, he knew that his brother had died. 
So let's talk about what happened. So there is this great passage, and this again is from World War One, because this is from a passage in the wonderful book by the Reverend G. Val Owen, The Life Beyond the Veil. And I talk about this in my series of three books, Heaven and Heaven and Below, Spirit and Spirit. Uh, spirits and spirit universe and how we are guided by spirits and tells all about the machinations, the organization, what we, of the spirit realm, what we do with spirits and of heaven, of Jesus Christ, how he can, you know, he runs the place, how he presents himself and how we are all guided. So let me go on. So G. Owen writes, he writes about uh, from a spirit, right? Who came to, to tell him about this. And he says, a soldier awoke, confused at the boundary of the first level of heaven. Spirit helpers found him lying on the grass near one of the gates. They came up to him and waited for his eyes to open. Now, this, to open from a life spent on earth, to open from a violent death in the midst of a great battle. The war they were talking about was World War I, the war to end all wars, as it was thought immediately after the conflict. On December 7th, 1917, a group of spirits relayed the story of two combat veterans meeting in heaven, and the war had been raging since July 1914 and would last for about another year, you know, after 1917. The group of spirits employed, employing the, the spirit Kath, Kathleen for direct communication with Reverend G. Vaughan in the book Life Beyond the Veil and the Ministry of Heaven section, told him about a recently deceased soldier and his reception into heaven. Now, the soldier did not die in his bed like so many others who were not part of the war, and he never had a family to leave behind. He wasn't old enough. He, like so many others, was swept up in the fervor of nationalistic conflict caused by poor judgment of those in power, a common state in a world of atonement. Now, remember that. Earth is our campus of learning. We have wars to teach us lessons. These things happen, so we know they're not a good idea. For we who come here are in the beginning of our education, and as such we must first learn to recognize the benefits of civil behavior. Therefore, we are sent here to experience firsthand the pitfalls of selfish acts, uncontrolled lust for power and money, and an absence of love and fraternity for our fellow humans. So. Then they wait for him on the grass and he awakes. And his first question is, and it first question really demonstrates his training and his time in the trenches. Remember World War I, there was a lot of trench warfare, it's very intense. And he wakes up and he goes, what about my kit, please? Have I lost it? And then Jivaoan, the spirit Kathleen tells us Jivaoan, she says, like kind nurses to a patient coming out of surgery, no harsh realities are spoken. Only calm and soothing conversation to allow the patient to slowly come to their senses, to regain their balance and place themselves within a new context. The spirit helpers engage with a young lad, and one of them led the others, who replied, Yes, my boy, I fear you have, but we can give you another and better kit in its place. Now, this young man who had just died, he still not known he had died yet, he was about to reply when he noticed the aspect of the landscape and said, but who brought me here? I don't remember this country. It was not like this when I was hit. Then his eyes opened wider and he asked in a whisper, say, sir, have I gone west? Now, let me stop there for a second. Gone west was a, a, 
uh, a colloquialism during the French warfare for the English that if you've gone west means you had died. So then the spirit says, that's it. That's it, my boy. You have gone west. But not many realize the fact so soon. We have watched you all the while, watched you grow up and in your office and in your training camp and in your work in the army till you were hit. And we know you tried to do what you felt to be right. Not always. On the whole, you have taken the higher way, and now we will show you your home. Now, as a soldier in the thick of a long, drawn-out battle of trench warfare, the young man was ready for death. He had seen so many of his comrades perish that he too knew that death would come in an instant. One moment you are in your physical body, and the next your body is destroyed by the latest weapon of war. Now, unbeknownst to him during his physical life, he had been carefully monitored throughout his entire life, each deed recorded and analyzed. Every decision was weighed for his dedication to do the right thing. And to do the right thing is not easy, but the correct path should be followed, and our conscience always illuminates the road ahead. When we wander off, our bodies experience stress, and in our normal course of life, we live with a low-level dose of anxiety. All that is part of our makeup. We wish to perform well, to show ourselves and others that we can be successful. But the debilitating type of stress is when our normal balance and harmony is thrown off by violating what our conscience tells us. By moving forward with a plan, an occupation, an emotional attack on another, or any deed that we at some level recognize as unjust, our harmony is thrown off kilter. Our chakras are force centers, as they are called in spiritism, since we are acting in direct confrontation to the set of divine laws that each of us carry within us. So, this is why meditation is an effective method for dealing with stress. It allows our mind to be silent and opens a pathway for spirits with our good in mind to send us a solution to our problems. And that solution is invariably is to act honorably and follow our conscience in whatever situation we have gotten ourselves into. And we all know, especially during our teenage years, we become experts in rationalizing a way why we should do something we shouldn't do. Let me get back to the soldier. Now, the young soldier had, within his short lifetime, tried to stay within the boundaries of his conscience laid out for him. Hence, upon his death, he did not wake up in a dangerous and desolate wasteland like so many did and still do today, but on a grassy slope with assistance waiting by. Then he wanted to clear up a point that had been on his mind. He was silent for a time and then said, can I ask a question or is it against the rule? And he said, no, ask your question. We are here to answer them. Well, then was it you, sir, who came to see me one night in Sentry and spoke to me about going west? And he answered, no, it was not any of us here. That one is waiting for you a little further up the road there. If you are strong enough, we will take you to him. Try and rise and see if you can walk. And then the soldier rose quickly and stood to attention from the habit he had formed. And the leader smiled and said, my dear boy, all that is past. Discipline here is quite different from that which you have known hitherto. Count us as your friends and come along with us now. Commands will be given and you will obey, but not yet a while. 
And when that comes to pass, such commands will be given by those who are higher than we, and you will obey them, not from fear of reprimand, but out of the greatness of your love. That's a very powerful statement. And that is how the spirit world works. The people who are in charge in the spirit world are appointed there because of their love and wisdom that they have attained through many lifetimes and many experiences. They are not ones who lord over us like simple earthling bureaucrats. They are there because they should be there. So then the soldier said, thank you, sir. And he went forward with them along the road silent and in deep meditation on what had been said and on the strangeness of the beauty of his new surroundings. So let me go back where he says obey for of love. So obey because of the love one bears. There's nothing more telling about heaven and the organization, the spirit realm, than this statement. It explains the atmosphere of love that is everywhere in every level of heaven. It illustrates the deserved superiority of the higher spirits from whence we take our orders. Imagine working for a company where you couldn't wait to get to work, interact with your friends, and enthusiastically anticipate your next assignment. Now that is heaven, and that what that is what is heaven. The lad then the lad followed the group through the gate, and with grand trees lining the roadway, flowers which had sprouted out of the ground, contrasting the tall trees. Of course, heaven is beautiful. And as the troop marched on into the land of heaven, there came upon a grassy mound, upon which another young man sat, waiting for the arrival of his mate. Seeing his friend, he stood up and walked arm in arm with the new arrival. The young lad walked a short while, and then he said, then, then he said, you know, oh, it's you. Because yes, I, I had told you, I, was, I am the one that told you about you were going, I knew you were going to be shot, and I tried to warn you. Was, yes, I did did find that. And of course, they they had walked arm in arm. It's really wonderful. So they so then the the spirit group who recounted this story to the Reverend Fiyawon told him the important points to contemplate, and this is what they said. Now we have chosen this incident in particular to show you several things. Among them, these. First, oh, hey, before I forget, I almost forgot to mention that the person who uh, the, the young lad saw on the, uh, on, the, on the grassy mound, who then came and walked arm in arm with him and told him that he was going to die, the young lad also tried to save him when he was trying to pull him back after he was wounded. Of course, he still, he still passed away. So now let's go. What the spirits say, okay, this is the important point of the story. One, no kind act is ever passed by without note in these spheres. The one who does the act is always thanked here by the ones whom the benefit has been done. Those who still come over here still use the language and manner of earthly speech. Some of you would be greatly shocked to hear the rather forcible phrases which drop from the lips of really bright spirits when they first meet their friends of earth. I speak now more especially of those soldiers who have fought in the war as these two have done. Next, rank here keeps pace with our true inner worthiness and is not affected in the least either by earthly rank or by earthly education. Of those two, the one who came over here first had been a laborer before enlistment and of poor parentage. The other had come from a family not poor in worldly affairs and had for some years been in office of business 
in preparation for a responsible position in his uncle's office. Their respective status was not of much account when the one had led the other wounded away from the enemy trenches. trenches. Here, here, it was of no account at all. So, do friends... So do friends meet here and begin their onward way, for they who are faithful in their duties of earth are made welcome when they come hither into these fields of beauty and rest where no sound of war is heard, nor wounds nor pain can penetrate. For this is the realm of peace, where the wary find sanctuary from all earth's troubles and many joys of life abound. So, end quote. So, what are they telling us? Hence, a laborer, a white-collar worker, a captain of industry, a senator, and a Nobel Prize winner all take the same baggage with them over to the other side. Their deeds, their accumulated knowledge, their character transformed for the better or worse. That is all. Nothing else factors into the equation of where in heaven or below they shall land after their bodies melt back into the primal manner. So, of course, as I want to make sure we understand that when you die, you are who you are. Your spirit, your paraspirit, leaves your body. Let me explain that for a second because I don't want people to get confused about that. Let me bring this up. And because a lot of people still think they're alive even after they see. So we are all composed of three things, a spirit, the paraspirit, and the body. The body's temporary. The body's a garment. You change your body Many times over all, all sorts of lives. Your spirit, that's what contains all your memories, everything. Your spirit is connected to your body via the paraspirit. Your paraspirit covers the body like a diving suit. And it penetrates everything and it penetrates into every cell into your body. And therefore, when you die, your paraspirit's disconnected from your physical body. But your paraspirit is still in the mold of your physical body. That's why so many people do not think they're dead. When they pass over because they still feel, oh, I'm, I'm me. I'm, I'm still here. They feel themselves, but they're, of course, less dense. But to them, it feels the same. They still breathe. They may feel hungry, even though they're not really, but they feel it because of their how they've acted and, you know, felt in the past. So I just want to make sure that we understand that. That's what, you know, Spiritism tells us. So, So then, with this knowledge, we should never be jealous of the rich or famous, for their trials are all the harder due to the many temptations they encounter. Don't care about someone who has better houses or yachts or whatever than you. It's everyone, everyone is here on this earth in their own customized set of education of classes for you to learn. To, and, and why are you learning? What are you learning? You're learning to change your your character and your personality for the better. And that's why if someone is, is rich and famous or powerful, you really should not be jealous at all because who knows how many inconsequential people they unknowingly walk over. Because for on the whole, probably most of them should not be met by friends, but by people with petty jealousies and the litanies of wrongs to recite. Look instead to the quiet worker who goes about his or her task every day doing well wherever possible and avoiding doing harm. The person who doesn't partake in malicious gossip and won't be drawn into trifling schemes to teach a lesson to a transgress 
transgressor. This is the person who, when waking up after they have left their body for the last time, will have a team of spirits waiting to escort them through the gates of heaven. Now, if this is interesting to you, you may want to learn more about the spirit realm and what it means to us. Now, the first place to learn what the basic tenets of spiritism are and how your life is planned so you can improve, you can begin by reading The Spirit's Book by Alan Kardec. And you can get that on PDF. Just look up Alan Kardec space PDF and you'll find The Spirit's Book on PDF. Or you can read my books. I have one on reincarnation, The Case for Reincarnation, Your Path to Perfection, and another about the spirit realm, Explore Your Destiny, since your life's path is mostly predetermined. And of course, I have my series of three books, Heaven and Below, and then Spirits and Spirit Universe, and then How You Are Guided by Spirits. Now, let's get back to Gone West. So I've given you a little bit of the macro and the micro. Let's go back with, with uh, our spirit author of Gone West. Now, on arriving at the college, I'll quote, in which H.A.L. lived, I found him seated there alone, save for the dog Molly, who scrambled out from under the sofa to greet me. There are pets in the spirit world. There are animals in the spirit world. H.A.L. then began to speak. The work is now completed for the time being. Our little band of workers is scattered, and I alone remain amid the old surroundings. Soon you too will be undergoing new experiences in the East, which will tend to widen your outlook. You need, no ha you need have no anxiety as to this journey. You will arrive in Burma safely. Though for some time I should not give you any communications of real interest, yet I shall expect you each Monday as usual. The door to this world having once been opened, we must take care that it does not close again, for after a while I shall hope to start a new series of revelations, though their exact nature is not yet known to me. Go carefully what you through what you have. You'll have time to arrange the various contributions under each their proper headings, and thus you have a fairly complete and continuous account of life over here. Hell, the astral plane, and the realms of half-belief, of real but narrow belief, and of belief shown forth in the life of good deeds have all been revealed. Beyond these planes, I have yet known nothing, but I do not despair of gaining some knowledge of life in the fifth plane. So henceforth, consider me, as I know you will, not as sleeping in age-long sleep to be broken ultimately by the trumpets of Judgment Day. That's what most Christians think of of you know the uh, apocalypse and revelations but as a man so much like yourself but freed at last of the trammels of a body no longer subject to pain no longer needing material food or sleep and therefore as one freed from the drudgery of life dwelling among pleasant surroundings with boundless opportunities so this was this was what is what's going on now what will go next in in the uh, on on the uh, the book Gone with the West, we'll go into what the officer tells him. But now let's talk more about about the macro level of how the spirit plane guides us. So we've we've talked about the fact that the spirit world is you know our our vibrations here on Earth, and in fact during World War II, also this was also in in the book No Solar. Our, our negative vibrations there's actually was asked by the other planets that you know that are in a different dimension but they could feel the emotions coming from the planet earth they had to kind of make a a you know a, a wall around the earth so it didn't have such 
bad vibrations going and affecting other planets and other people on other planets during World War II. So now let's talk about, again, more of the macro. And this was in the book On the Way to the Light by Emmanuel. So have you noticed that groups of people on Earth tend to share the same longing, the same urges toward a common goal? As an example, the, the Renaissance was one collective gasp of intellectual freedom from the bounds of the Catholic Church. Now, it seemed to occur organically, but unbeknownst to humanity, the spirit realm sends out signals and subtle pushes to our minds and emotional state to begin to move us in one direction or another. An example of this was told to us by the spirit of Emmanuel in the book On the Way to the Light. The Renaissance was planned by the spirit realm to set the human race onto a new path. This is what he said, I quote, At the dawn of the 15th century, when the medieval era was about to end, large assemblies of spirits met in the vicinities of the planet to direct regenerative movements, which in the light of Christ's determinations, would lead the world into a new era. This entire regenerative effort took place upon his merciful and compassionate gaze as he poured out his lights on all hearts. Devoted messengers reincarnated on the orb to carry out loving and redemptive missions. So think about what this, what this says. Christ who leads us, right? Christ was not just a, a physical human being that came for 30, you know, odd years on the earth. Christ was in charge of the earth before it was formed. He is still in charge of the earth and guiding us to become a better planet, right? From a planet of atonement to a planet of regeneration. And it was Christ's plan to start the Renaissance. Now, as Emmanuel told us, Rome was purposely destroyed because they, instead of being a, an example of a city on the hill, they actually tried to take over the world. So therefore they were destroyed. The people, the humans that were in Rome had to go back to the, to the to the farms and work on the and you know work get back to nature and and stop always wanting just gold and and slaves and power and then when they thought okay you've been through that long enough we'll start the renaissance and then they said devoted messengers reincarnated in the orb to carry out loving redemptive missions now think about the long-term effects think about long term if you had a video game which you were creating and they're here you were creating uh whole civilizations and whenever one of your good soldiers or when your good scientists or or whatever died you could then reuse that piece and put them back another place and then you could put them back in another city and you could you could then by the by the purpose of moving your your pawns around you could help one city and change the course of history of that city, right? Of that, how that algorithm and that app work by, by reincarnating these people with a certain set of skills. That's what the spirit world does to us. We pass over, they see what we are, they go, okay, well, let's, let's put this whole group of people, let's say in America during the Revolutionary War, so we can have the United States become a separate country, because that's what was the plan for the United States to become a separate plan, country, not be part of of Great Britain. So they purposely put all these wonderful people for that uh, to happen. And this was in the book by Emmanuel, psychographed by Chico Xavier. Now, 
and Chico Xavier is in Brazil, speaks Portuguese. Now we have another message from the spirit Arnel about a similar event occurred around the turn from the 19th to the 20th century. And this dated, this message was dated March 8th, 1919. So of course, spirit Emmanuel dictated the book to the spirit, uh, to the Chico Xavier, I'm sorry, who's the medium. And around, I think it was, I can't remember exactly, 1950s approximately. Now this, Reverend G. Vowen got these messages. This one was dated March 8th, 1919. So we have different spirits, different languages, different mediums getting messages, all telling us common sets of, this is how the spirit world works. So Arnell, the spirit Arnell, told Reverend G. Vowen in previous messages about the long journey of mankind towards material progress. Now he presented the new journey that shall begin, and it will awaken spiritual forces and emotions that have been lost for thousands of years. This is what Arnell said. The trend of human development has been downward and outward, toward and into matter. That was God his purpose, namely, that he manifest himself in detail of form phenomenally, because this way was downward set. The elements of air increased in greater measure than the reservoir of spirit into which they were poured from earth was able to absorb, assimilate, and transmute. It was therefore necessary that on our way to earth, we clarify these spheres, and this we did preparatory to our more intensified operations on earth itself. Now, what does he mean by this? Arnell and other spirits describe the progress of humankind as well as individuals to be spiral. Progress is made through a dramatic event, an invasion for a country, or a rancorous divorce for a person, and it seems that all forward movement was lost. But it wasn't, for the episode actually created a firmer foundation to launch the next round of progress. And when Arnell speaks about the elements of air, not just on Earth, but in the surrounding regions, he well knows that psychic emanations affect discarnates and incarnates alike, that sometimes the rays flowing from our thoughts need to be tuned. In this case, the entire human race has been pushed to advance their technology, which for the short term meant that a material outlook pushed us out of the spiritual side of life. This is an imbalance that was allowed to exist where we are right now, so the Earth society could reach where it was guided. Now, now and by now, it could mean starting hundreds of years ago, for the changes are subtle indeed. The human race is being herded back to experience a collective longing for spirituality. Now, of course, right now you're thinking, well, I've never seen, I mean, we are so materialistic. We are bombarded by commercials, propaganda, everything. And there's relative morality. Uh, you know, there's the, the denial of God. It's We're almost at, at the apogee, right? At the apex of materiality. So I, this, I think this will change. And a lot of people who are not spiritists, not people can feel that something's starting to change. And in fact, spiritists say, that there is a much greater number of good souls being reincarnated on earth starting in the year 2000 to start moving us from a such a, a material culture to balance materiality and spirituality. So you have to think of moving the humans on earth as like a mile long super tanker. From the moment the helm is turned, the noticeable change in direction is extremely lengthy. We, living for around 80 years in our physical bodies at a time, really do not have the field of view long enough to decipher alterations in course. 
And now Arnell tells us, Spirit Arnell tells us, this guiding is constant and unrelenting. Now I'll quote him. Always Earth is operated on from these realms. This was to, to be an intensification of those operations. An access of dynamic urge of such degree and an impetus as should serve to send the loop spinning safely down the lower slope and give it a good start on its upward turn on its way towards the peaks across the valley. This has now been accomplished and the ascent is well begun. Something, so he's telling us, something large was started and he enlightens, enlightens us more. This is another quote. This commotion increased and extended as we pressed more closely around the sphere of earth and ever more and more they mingled in earth life and policies until at last they burst through the circling envelope, ethereal altogether, and became the economy of the world of men. So what's he telling us? He's telling us a new purpose is starting to anchor itself on earth. And I believe it starts with a sense of lacking, a feeling that something is missing. Like the 60s generation who attempted to believe in love and all that implies. But we must realize these are only skirmishes. A battle takes place and then society pushes back with all of its weight of the entropy of hundreds of years. Although after the dust settles, a little progress was made. The Reverend E. Bao Owen, which you know, was the Great War, as World War I was known at the time, was the climax. And Arnell tells him this, of that as climax, but ever increasing in force, as I've already said, this war has gone on for these ages past. Its martyrs have been many, and many phases has the war passed through. You would count it strange for our able where I table to you all of these in total. I name but a few of these phases. The phase religious and theological, artistic, political and democratic, scientific, the warlock, the warlike phase, which took such vogue this last millennium, to absorb well nigh all dynamics into its wide open mall. Now, interesting. So you can really see there was, in the 19th and 20th centuries, there was this, all these great colonial powers and warlike phases, all to take land and power. And I think we're now, we're, we're through this ever-increasing, what we would say, um, materialistic phase, this crass materialism. And, of course, the good reverend, like all of us, tends to localize great events around themselves. And we have to understand our nail in the spirit world. They're speaking of centuries. We think in terms of years or decades at the most. They're thinking in terms of hundreds and thousands of years. Arnell is preparing us for the future, our future as humankind. We like to think as prophecy as boiling down to a distinct occurrence. And sometimes this is true, but the stronger the irresistible prophecy is a vision of the human collective. The spirit realm is guiding us to this future. As sure as the rain falls, we shall arrive there. Now Arnell gives us a glimpse of the destination. This is a quote from him. For you do dwell upon the earth widespread with large spaces unpeopled. So you in total are still but few. We encompass earth about on every hand and our ranks spread back upward through the steeps and stories of the serried heavens. So we be many and each one of us power greater than the most of you. All well, the dawning light will send its rays aloft and search us out in our hiding places amidst the light and brightness of the spheres. Then earth will feel less lonely as it rolls along the meadows of the void. Earth will know in that day that all about those meadows, fairies, plays, and elves besport themselves in their merriment, 
and that earth is not lonely but at one with the myriads of the redeemed of earth who have linked up humankind with those afar who dwell on planets, some of which you see of a clear night and others which are not visible to you of earth. Nor will they be until you put off from your low-lying shores and sell your boat toward the open sea, toward the great expanse, toward the western region of the sun. So what is he telling us? We are being alerted that we, humanity on earth, will join other planets who have attained a balance of technology, devoutness, materialism, and spirituality, wisdom, and faith. As we approach these goals, we shall be assisted by other races from other planets. In fact, this prophecy from 1919 or 18 dovetails with a prophecy stated by Francisco C. Xavier, Chico Xavier, in the 1970s, the great Brazilian spiritist medium, when he told us that if the earth could live through the next 50 years, starting from 1969, when men went to the moon, that sometime after 2019, the earth would be openly visited by aliens who would render us assistance. Now, the help from these otherworldly visitors won't only be in the form of wondrous great gadgets and applications, but also of spiritual knowledge. We shall be exposed to what they have learned long ago, that we are immortal souls who reincarnate to learn and to improve, and that we begin in the spirit realm and shall ever return. So, I hope this helps explains more and more of how the spirit world works. And it's so fascinating. And it's to me is as I got in spirit, I just gobbled up the more and more information. And of course, I became a spiritist because my destiny was told to me in great detail. And this is from, you know, uh, NDE, my wife had, 17 years before we even met and that's how i found spiritism and so what i'm trying to do is and it gave me great comfort it gives actually gives me great comfort and so i think what to give other people comfort is the more you can understand the spirit realm why we're here how it functions how best for you to act in it, how best to, for you to use that knowledge. Because all I'm trying to do is give you the knowledge that has been given. I'm trying to com compact that knowledge from other spiritist writings. So as an example of my book, Heaven and Below, book one of Spiritism, the spirit world revealed to an Anglican vicar, I talk all about heaven, the lower zone, the other brown Portuguese, and type of the purgatory or hell, but there's no hell forever. And I take what the Reverend G. Vaughan told us, Alan Kardec, who, of course, did the Spirits book, which I highly recommend you read first. That was codified in 1850. Chico Xavier, the great Brazilian medium, Yvonne Piera, Devaldo Franco, other spiritist mediums who psychograph books from spirits. And I try to put these together and say, okay, this is what we know about heaven. This is what we know about spirits in the spirit universe. This is what we know about how spirits guide us. and this is what we know about how they're going to guide the planet to its eventual uh, destination. And once you understand why you are here, you're on the campus, you're here to learn, you'll understand why these things happen to you, why you go through the vicissitudes of life. Why, why do you have to have these terrible things? Well, because we're on a planet of atonement, we have to learn 
what we've done wrong in the past. We have to actually pay for our past deeds. Now, many people say, well, how, if I don't know my past, how can I learn from them? Well, let me tell you, right? The, the spirit world is so much smarter than we are and so complex that these lessons will teach you the lessons you need to, even though you don't know that you're learning. Just like you teach, you play games with your children and their games where they're learning, but they just think they're playing games. The same thing with us. You will learn what you need to learn if you open your mind and you accept and you analyze. This is the key. And you analyze your actions, what you did wrong, and you kept and you keep your mind free of your primitive emotions and you change in response to the stimuli that was given to you. That is the secret to really improving on earth. So I want to say God bless everyone. And remember, I'll be back here on Sundays and Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. God bless.